but going to a face painting convention for the first time was, uh, well, especially going into the vendor's room, it was like coming home. Take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Welcome back. In case you didn't notice that quote from the beginning, that was Crystal Grace E. Crystal E is the interviewee of the first episode of season six, the season about the other side. In this season, we will explore all sorts of stories from our lives. Uh, the Balloon People has all sorts of, of background stories and stories that affect the way that they look at balloons. Uh, we are starting with something a little bit light and fun, which is Crystal talking about her being a face painter and how that affects the way that she looks at balloons and the way that she does balloons. Uh, we will explore all sorts of other sides in in people in this season stuff like fighting depression and uh, overcoming obstacles related to disease and to blindness and even you know just the combination of marriage while doing balloons with your with your partner and all sorts of very interesting stories that will make you take things in a different perspective, make you think about how meaningful it is to look at the balloons through all sorts of, of glasses, with all sorts of lenses. I hope that makes a lot of sense for you, and it will, uh, one episode at a time. Let's go right into the interview with Crystal E. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi, and we're coming to you live this time from CAX. It's a convention in Los Angeles in 2018 in January. And I have the pleasure of meeting with Crystal E., also known as Crystal Grace. And Crystal is a well-known figure in the balloon industry. She's been uh, winning awards for multiple years on her dresses and she's just a wonderful person and not a lot of people knows that she's also a face painter. So we are going to talk about all kinds of things. Crystal from Siri, BC, Canada, just outside of Vancouver, I guess. And hello, Crystal, how are you? I am great, Zivi. How are you doing? I'm great too. It's so fun to meet again and again in conventions with you. You're quite a, a convention junkie, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. I started off doing one convention per year and I would switch back and forth between one year of face painting and one year of balloons. And I think so far this year I'm up, up to uh, four conventions within the first quarter of the year. And they're all balloon related for me. <laughs> and which conventions are those? So I just came from Twist and Shout, uh, we're currently at CAX, and after this I'm off to World Balloon Convention, and after that I am teaching for the very first time at Bodicey in Banff. Wow, congratulations. Uh, do you know already what we will be teaching about? I do, I do. Uh, I'm teaching two classes two times each. The first one is going to be 
fundamentals and techniques. There are a lot of face painters who are going to be there. So we're going to go over things like pinch twists and, and loop twists and breaking off balloons and things like that and get everyone up to speed with techniques. Uh, and the second one is going to be seasonal line work. So seasonal favorites. So this is quite interesting, like within the balloon industry, you're one of the best uh, face painter and within the face painting community, you're the best balloon artist ever. So uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, I kind of think it's kind of hilarious, actually, that uh, the crossover is like that. Um, so I think it's fascinating that the first time I'm teaching balloons is at a face painting convention, but I love it. <laughs> this season is all about the other side of you know how uh, we all have these other things that really change the way that we think and i I feel like after talking with you in a way for you it's the face painting because you you are really talented as a balloon artist, but you're also really talented as a face painter and you use both of them in your day to day life so can you first tell us of us which uh type of art do you like most? Ooh, it's like picking your favorite child. Um, I started doing both of them at the exact same time on the same day. So um, there's no preferences to uh, which my favorite is in terms of that. I did start off as more of a face painter with balloons as an add-on, though. And, um, you know, did... Did more more detailed face painting and a lot of the one and two balloon animals, and uh, at some point, probably after a twist and shout, actually, it switched over and I really fell in love more with the balloon aspect of things. I still love painting. I'm still happy to do both, um, and it turns out to be pretty even in terms of bookings. I like that I get to do both because it keeps it fresh for me. I don't get tired of one or the other because I'm constantly going back and forth. So tell us more about that uh, freshness feeling. Like, How do you actually um, do both of them? Is it on the same gig or is it separate? Depends on the event. For corporate and uh, large public events and things like that, it tends to be one or the other. Just because of you know sheer volume, it makes it harder to switch back and forth or to do a, a swap over in the middle. There are a couple jobs that I do swap in the middle though, and I'll take a lunch break you know at that point so I can start the day off with face painting, end it with balloons, and have a little gap in between where there's no overlap. But most of the time for corporates, it is just one service per artist just to make things easy. For birthdays, most of the time it is both. And so in that case, I start with a face painting just about every single time. If I start with the balloons, I find that I'm either replacing or fixing or, you know, finding where lost balloons are for a lot of the time. And uh, we just don't have time for that. So balloons come second. And that means they're, you know, more likely to stay in one piece on the way home. That makes a lot of sense because also when you're doing anything else with balloons, like maybe a show, you really don't want them to sit with the balloons in the show and, and squeak all the way. So I, I really get that. Um, is it hard for you to stop the face painting part and move into the balloons? And how do you tackle that? I ask the parents of the, the clients how many kids they're expecting. Uh, on top of that, how many kids are ages two and younger because there is a, a big gap in kids who are two and kids who are three in terms of participation. Um, virtually every kid, three till about you know eight, nine kind of deal, will participate in both services. The little guys, not so much. It depends on the party though. Um, so for switchover, I do know what I can do in the given time. So, for example, a two-hour birthday party, I can do both services for up to 15 kids. 
And so the switchover, there is no problem with that because it is when the last of the children are done being face painted um, and the balloons haven't started yet. So easy to just, you know, paint until I'm done and then move things along to the balloon portion. And uh, what happens if you have too many kids suddenly that, uh, you know, the, the initial in, uh, estimate of how many kids were way off, let's say 30 kids instead of 15? Well, how do you tackle that one? <laughs> uh, if I show up and there is suddenly double the amount, uh, I give the client choices. So I normally go over, you know, max numbers and things in our initial correspondence. Um, if I show up, though, and there's 50 or 30 instead of 15, they can have a choice of either adding more time on as needed. And normally it's you know, 15 kids for up to two hours, uh, up to 20 kids for two and a half hours, 25 kids for up to three hours kind of deal. Um, or they can pick which service they prefer. They can have either the face painting only or the balloons only, but not both. And I can get into why I don't switch off in a little bit. But that's why I do my best to make sure I know how many kids they're expecting so I can give them the best estimate on how much time is actually needed. Do you work with a menu on your face painting? And same question, on the balloons. For line work, yes. Uh, there's usually too many kids and the clients... I mean, it depends on the client. If they're okay with me taking a bit of extra time for a request if needed, then I can totally go off menu. Most of the time, though, they want to make sure I get through as many kids as possible. Um, and I'm not doing the one balloon dog variety or anything like that anyways. So they are you know, a few minutes per child, but they like to make sure that I can, you know, keep things at a, at a pretty clippy speed. And I like doing that as well. For birthdays, depending on the number of kids, um, sometimes we do need to do menu stuff. You know, I can go off a little bit um, just to keep things on time with getting balloons in there as well, both both services. But if I've got a party where there's fewer children there, then I can absolutely go off book and, and take requests and look things up on my phone and take a few minutes extra for each piece. And that's no big deal. So both. What was the most time that you invested in doing face painting in a gig, in an event for one kid? Oh, um, I don't know about one kid for a person though. I've got, um, I've got one client that books me for their staff party every year and they just say, you know, start at whatever time you get here and just keep on going. So the initial two hour booking has turned into five or six hours and it's just, you know, at their house and they want their, their clients to have fun or their, their staff to have fun. And I have, you know, spent upwards of eight or 10 minutes on, on an adult at these. I try not to keep that to more than that at a, an event anyways, just because we want to keep things moving a bit more. But, um, but you can get a lot done in eight or 10 minutes if you've got someone who's willing to sit very, very still and not keep on drinking their beer at the same time. How about the fastest pieces? What are, you know, the fastest pieces you might produce and, and, um, Is that often that you need to use them? How do you feel about that? There are going to be events where it's all line work and it's all very quick. And so everything on the board is three minutes and less. But on that, for the face painting, the fastest piece on the board would be the Mike Tyson tattoo, which I can probably knock out in about 20 seconds. Um, you know, assuming that my brush is nicely loaded. And for the balloon side of things... I, I still tell them that everything is a max of three minutes uh, total, but honestly, most of the three-minute board usually ends up getting done in about a minute and a half. Um, obviously, if it's something on the faster side, flower hair by kind of deal, we can get that out really, really fast. 
but I would much rather overestimate the time for them and have them be blown away by how fast I am than saying I can get flower hair bends done in 45 seconds or 30 seconds or whatever it happens to be and uh, just be a machine the entire time because that's no fun. I want to ask you about learning face painting and like the, the artistic process behind it. Do you feel it's like balloons where uh, pretty much you can learn doing balloons and be artistic with it or is it more Uh, a matter of talent I think you have to have the the inclination to want to learn for either either medium there if you don't have the drive to want to learn to want to get better to want to learn or to want to get new techniques down it's just not going to be as strong of a uh, of a medium for you so if you put your time in learning how to do sidewall bubbles my god Gosh, it was so hard. I, I just sat there and just, you know, was trying to learn Buster Balloon's Ladybug for, I don't even know how long that night. And the sidewall bubble was eluding me. But you finally get the sidewall bubble and that opens up a lot of possibilities. When you finally figure out your line work in, in uh, face painting and you nail those thin to thick to thin lines and you understand how, how the face is mapped out and where the focal points are, um, once you get those techniques down for both of those, What both face paints and balloons it makes everything so much easier and uh, and you can learn that and um, how did you learn all of that how did I learn that um, at first it was a job and I can get get into my my story in a little bit but at first it was not something I was totally practicing I was intrigued by it so for learning face painting I practiced random things and once I figured out that line work was important that the direction of brush strokes changed the look of some things that you could use sponges and the proper sponges to blend your your makeup that you had to use proper makeup and you couldn't just use you know what the uh, the PAC moms were using that all tied into learning face painting and then just like anything else if you find something that you want to learn that you're interested in you do more research on it you start taking a look around and uh, and then suddenly you open up the doors and realize that there are face painting conventions just like twist and shout there was one that I saw called uh, FPBA and at the time it was being held in Las Vegas and so I didn't know anyone I didn't know anything really about it I signed up for a beginner class like an intro class with Mark Reed at this convention and uh, I didn't think I was a terrible face painter at that point um, I practiced I had you know done my own events and done paper piece and um, branched out a little bit on my own and things like that but going to a face painting convention for the first time was uh, well especially going into the vendors room it was like coming home. And you see like-minded people and you realize that you're all there to learn the same things and sharpen your techniques and so I sat in Mark Reed's class and we worked on on lines for a good chunk of it so there was some I'm sure there was some blending in there um, but a lot of it was line work and working on having lines go thin to thick to thin to work on your teardrops going from thin to thick or thick to thin depending on what direction you were going in. And I'm sitting there practicing breaststrokes and my arm is covered in in teardrops and Mark Reed comes over and says that those look 
great. And I nearly like have a conniption there. I've got no idea what I'm doing. Um, but I do remember being so, so tickled by the fact that Marguerite complimented my line work that I'm pretty sure I wrote it in my journal. Um, and then it goes from there. You're in the jam room and you're practicing what you learned in the day. You are going in and visiting different instructors because everyone's got their own style, their own, their own ways of, of doing things. If you put 12 artists in a room and you said, paint me a pink and purple full face butterfly, you would end up with 12 different pink and purple full face butterflies, but they would all be amazing. And from that, from learning designs from multiple artists, from multiple instructors, you find the, the techniques that you really love. So you can pick little bits um, from Mark Reed, from Nick and Ryan Wolf, from um, Justin Kasdorf, from Marcel Murat, from everyone, and you see where their line work goes, where their teardrops happen, and what what shapes their faces really, really nicely, and you, you draw from that. Wow, it's fascinating how you know the techniques and the, the heroes in the in the face painting industry is is something that is very you know important for you as as a face painter and uh, you keep mentioning uh, line work and it's just a totally different thing from the balloon industry. Right. Yeah. So line work. I mean, there's two two versions of the line work kind of thing, right? One is the line work that you would do on a job at a public event where you're just going through your, your fast designs to, uh, um, to get, make your client happy and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then there's the line work, which is the actual work on the lines that you're painting. And it is just so important. And honestly, you can see you've got a beautiful blended base and you've got the perfect colors for whatever design you're working on, but the line work really ties things together. You've got that beautiful, beautiful point on, on a tiger. You've got those sharp edges. You can, it, it just, it pops. It makes, you know, it, the design jump off the face and really, really adds. So clean line work is probably one of the most important things that I could really stress about face painting. Does it ever happen to you that you get uh, frustrated when working with the balloons because they behave differently? You don't have the the same amount of of uh, artistic freedom because your 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 brushes, the width of it is almost finally defined for you. Um, I'm not frustrated when working with balloons in regards to how face painting goes because they're so different. They're, they're both wonderful mediums, and but they both focus on different things. They tie in together because, you know, events are always more fun with both of those, I think. Do you ever get confused from, like, with color names? Because I would imagine you need to remember two different color palettes and, and the colors' names. What about that? Um, with color palettes? Not particularly. There's just like we've got uh, the two major brands for the balloons. We've got main brands for the face painting as well. And so, depending on how my kit is set up, I know what brands or what what types of makeup are in each section there. Um, so it keeps it fairly clear in terms of that. I might not always remember the specific names, but I know that if I'm talking about you know the metallic pink, then I know what what shades I'm generally talking about, anyways. Does it ever happen to you that the fact that you have the skills and the experience of a face painter helps you with the balloons? I'd say, yeah. With the balloons, a lot of artists will mention that 
they've they've created this beautiful sculpture and when it comes time for the marker work they're afraid of of messing up and not being able to do the eyes properly and things like that which is why you know it's great that there are people who are doing the stickers and the printouts and things for eyeballs uh, i personally draw all of mine on so i feel like from constantly doing unicorn eyes and fairy eyes and the whatnot on face painting designs that i can transfer that over to the balloons and know which direction to do all of my marker work to get fine tips for eyelashes and to you know color code all those eyeballs and things like that and to be able to figure out the the color scheme and and the look for eyeballs so having to do multiple rainbow and unicorn designs for face painting helps me be able to create really beautiful unicorn eyes for my balloons and uh, what about the um, beyond the marker work uh, with the balloons themselves or with maybe I would imagine color matching is something that you understand because you're also a face painter? Yeah, for sure. There is a, a, a split cake in the face painting side of things. So and, and split cakes, um, if you're a face painter, you know all of this stuff. If you're not, there are split cakes, which are the ones that have multiple colors in each in each uh, square or rectangle or circle so you can load up your sponge and get an array of colors all at the same time. Uh, so there is a color combo in the split cake form that I absolutely love and I know in one company, one brand, it's called uh, Juicy Fruit I believe or Bohemian Sunset or something like that but it's um, purple, pink, orange, yellow and white. I'm not sure if I would have ever thought about putting purple and orange in the same color scheme before but it is beautiful it's one of my favorite colors altogether and so that's uh, that's one of my favorite combos there and when i was in china in the fall i had to come up with three dress designs and for one of them i i really really wanted to use that color scheme and so one of my dresses in china i got to take all of those colors and make a dress with that that rainbow of shades so I had the purple the pink the orange yellow um, I did skip the white on that a little bit but I had the rest of those colors in there and it was it was gorgeous that's really inspiring you know, and I am happy for you that you have uh, this skill and, and just um, a few days ago in twist and shout uh, your dress ranked uh, for uh, third place and uh, I, I could see, you know, the techniques were perfect. But what stood up for me at least was, you know, all of those colors that you've decided, the, the gradient look of it and uh, uh, even working with double stuffing uh, to create this new shade. Um, did you, did you, um, uh, how, how did you plan uh, that dress? Ooh, uh, <laughs> I, I meant to plan it much earlier on, and uh, honestly, what I did was get to the end of the holidays, realize that I had to order balloons for the dress in case I didn't have them in stock, uh, slightly panic about not knowing exactly what my design was, and order the color scheme that I wanted, and I thought I would just figure out the rest of the dress later on. <laughs> So I, I loved the rose gold, um, and I love the the idea of that that blend from gold into rose gold into maroon and getting a nice color palette that way. So, so not um, not terribly intriguing in terms of this dress for for inspiration, but but the colors were really what inspired everything. And they definitely worked well together. So there was no need to double stuff in that dress. Oh, it was entirely double stuffed. 
um, like uh, for the purpose of having different shades or for the purpose of, of strengths, wh- why did you double stuff? I double stuff for this because of sizes and colors. Um, the, the top part, which was just gold, I did double stuff because the regular gold is a little on the sheerer side. And for the other two colors, for the rose gold and the maroon, they actually don't make them in 160 sizes as of yet. And uh, as any model slash dressmaker knows for the purposes of modeling, they don't particularly like having extra bulk on them. And a 260 obviously would add more of that than 160s do. So uh, in order to keep my dress at the 160 size, I ended up double stuffing all of the rose gold and maroon with 160s. And why didn't you have uh, to uh, do that with the rose gold? Oh, I did with the rose gold. Uh, I didn't do it with the gold gold because they already have those in 160s. So I double stuffed the, the regular gold, but just, you know, 160 into 160. How many hours did you work on the dress? I probably spent a couple of hours doing some prep work at home with getting the 160s into the 260s, just so it was a little less to do on site. I did maybe a couple of hours worth of work on the uninflated flowers uh, and Tristan did do a lot of help with me with with that prep so I'm grateful for to, to her for that uh, Lisa McIntyre helped a lot with doing the the buttons for the center of the balloons and uh, sorry the center of the flowers and the little extra bubbles that were were all over the dress and then the actual build time I think I started it was a crazy time at the beginning of the convention this time uh, so I don't think I started doing the inflation or making the dress until probably 11.30 p.m. on Wednesday night. Worked straight through the night. It was my second of two all-nighters for the week. Um, Worked straight through till about 7 o'clock, went and took a shower, got got some food, and then went back and worked for the majority of the rest of the day until about 6 o'clock with the exception of a, uh, of a lunch break. And that's the type of dedication that uh, that is required for uh, winning uh, awards. And um, I, I take my hat off. Do you also compete in the face painting arena? I haven't in a while, but uh, I have in the past for sure. The one convention, FPBA, has moved time of year as well as the location. So it's currently in St. Louis right now, and uh, and they have changed a little bit with the with the competitions. So they have a group body paints competition, and they they did have an individual face painting com- uh, competition. They s- stopped doing that for a number of years, and I believe they started it up this year again, but I wasn't there. So um, I did win, I can't remember what place that was, but a, uh, a Snazaroo free-for-all contest online, uh, probably in like 2011 or so, and won um, a second or third place at one of the FPBAs uh, in probably, I think, 20, 2012, um, and then a group body paint session, which, even though it was a team thing, it's it's still a group win. And so those are actually my first wins in competition in the entertainment industry as a whole. So I started off with the, with the face painting and body painting awards and then started competing in the balloons. And uh, that's taken off, and I've, I really love doing that. And the only time I think that there are face and body painting conventions in North America right now are at Fabaic. 
Um, but that is in the spring, and I've just never been able to schedule it properly. Tell us where people can learn more about you, Krista Lee, uh, if they want to follow you or see uh, what you do in your business. Absolutely. Uh, my business name is Face of Balloonza, which my brother actually helped think of, which is, he, he loves saying that. Uh, so it's spelled F-A-C-E, so the word face, the letter A, the word balloon, B-A-L-L-O-O-N, and the letters Z-A, so Face of Balloonza. And so you can find me on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Face of Balloonza, or Instagram at Face of Balloonza. Or if you want to follow my personal Instagram, that is at Crystal is Awesome. And Crystal is K-R-I-S-T-A-L, just to switch things up a little bit there. <laughs> and just to reiterate that, uh, I also think Crystal is Awesome. And it's been such a pleasure to talk with you and to spend some time with you. And thank you for all that you do for the balloon industry. Uh, you make people happy. Uh, and uh, I'm sure you make a lot of kids happy and people happy back there uh, near Vancouver in Canada. But you also make a lot of balloon artists happy from all around the world. And uh, thank you for that. So uh, with that said, let's go and have some breakfast in Cax. Sounds amazing. Thanks, Zivi. Thank you so much, guys. See you next week in the Balloon Artist Podcast. Wow, I hope you've enjoyed this episode with Crystal E. This is the first episode in season six. We will now broadcast for 14 weeks in a row. Every Friday there will be a new episode. I hope you will enjoy it and keep listening. If you want to let us know how you've enjoyed it or what you think about it, please go to the Balloon Artist Facebook group and meet me there and... I hope you get a lot of inspiration from the stories in season six and that it will inspire you to push forward, to go through the hurdles and to have fun, to smile, to enjoy what we do here in our journey, in the balloon journey. And may you all have lots of success in your balloon businesses. See you next week, guys, in the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi, the tip section of Season 6, Chapter 1. And this tip is brought to you by the Balloon Artist College. You're welcome to try out our free courses on balloonartistcollege.com. There will be more stuff coming out soon over there. Our latest course, the Newborn Party's Balloon Decor course, was a great success and people are getting really nice results with the pictures from the designs of the course over on Facebook. Uh, one of the members of the course even got 41 shares when she posted a picture of the arch of uh, the Newborn Party's Balloon Decor course. Quite astounding. Uh, the tip of today is to use... Uh, the service lastpass.com. Lastpass.com provide free management of passwords for, for your browser. It's basically a Chrome extension that you can use. The free version is quite enough for our needs. What's nice about this is that um, LastPass will actually collect your password. So like after a week or so, all of your passwords will be stored inside the LastPass safe and secure portal. 
and then it saves you so much time because every time you go back and you log in it just whoop puts the password for you very fast and it can even manage multiple passwords in case you have like two people uh, using the same computer for Facebook or something of that sort so it's really fun and saves time every time I log in to the balloon artist college portal to watch some content it really helps me for example when I prepare a dance floor experience for a wedding I open up the balloon artist college site and log into the DFEB course and then I can remind myself with the gallery in front of me what balloon hats I want to make and so on and so forth. So I hope you enjoy lastpass.com. It takes five minutes to install it, but then a few weeks later you suddenly feel like, oh my God, this is really fun and it just helps you save time. So see you guys next week on the Balloon Artist Podcasts.